1: The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound. So you hear studio sound on the road. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. I'm Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Injury Lawyers. And you know what makes me mad? When insurance
0: companies deny your claim for no good reason. That's why people call me. I'm the lawyer insurance companies don't want to deal with. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, William Liu. I'm speaking to you after um, not a fun game, uh, a very worrisome game. The Raptors falling by a score of 110-99 to uh, to the Boston Celtics, those fucking Boston Celtics, um, on Saturday night at the TD Garden. You, There are no excuses for this game. Um, you know, the Raptors had three days off to rest, a much-needed three days off. Um, the Celtics are very shorthanded, no Kyrie Irving, no Marcus Smart, no whoever else they're missing, I don't know, but those are the two most important ones, and um, yeah man, the Raptors, you know, came out solid, I would say, um, but completely capitulated in the fourth quarter, where the Celtics outscored them 28-15 to in the fourth quarter, the Raptors had like seven turnovers in that quarter alone. Celtics went to a 2-3 zone defense because the Raptors couldn't hit any three-pointers, and Raptors couldn't solve that whatsoever. Uh, and, it, you know, the, the zone really neutralized the Raptors' stars, and, of course, the supporting players were very disconnected. So, uh, you know, not to sound too many alarm bells, but uh, these the, this is not the type of performance you would like to see out of the Raptors. Um, you know, having taken all, all this time to rest and having... Um, you know, just seven more games to go before uh, the playoffs are here. You don't want to see this type of effort. You want to see something better. You don't want to see so many weaknesses uh, crop up. But I think, look, the Raptors could really look over this film and um, really assess how they can go about, you know, addressing some of these weaknesses because a lot of them were put on display tonight. So I'm just. You know, instead of going through the game, I mean, look, basically the Raptors played really well to start the game, um, pretty much really well through three quarters, um, executing really nicely against one of the best defenses in the league. And, um, you know, it was just a matter of like defensively, the Celtics, you know, uh, were giving a good effort. It was just the Raptors were, you know, beating it and playing fast and everything was going well. It was a tie game because the Celtics, you know, managed to manufacture a lot of points. And, you know, you got to give credit, a lot of credit to uh, Brad Stevens for manufacturing these points when he's missing so many, uh, you know, of his top players. Um, but, uh, yeah, in the fourth quarter, it was just the Raptors going to hit three. So instead of talking about the game itself, I really just want to focus on sort of the areas in which the Raptors were exploited tonight. Uh, number one, three-point shooting. The Raptors shot eight of 35 from deep. Uh, and they were shooting so poorly that um, the Celtics resorted to just playing two three zone. Um, this had a two. This had sort of two effects on the Raptors. One. Um, you know, it stopped Demar Derozan from getting to the basket. Demar was playing really well, coming off the screen, getting to the mid-range area, hitting the the jumper, the, uh, the elbow jumper. There, he was his jumper looked really good tonight, which is a good sign. I mean, the, you know, Derozan's jumper hasn't looked that great recently, and he was getting to the rim, he was getting fouled, all sorts of good stuff to, for Demar through three quarters. But with that two-three zone there, there's just not anything to break down because there's a man, you know, at the elbow basically to take away his. Um, and the pull up, and also you know, he's has to beat like pretty much three guys to get to the rim, so it was just a good call by the, the Celtics to, to pull out that 2 3 zone. But the reason why the, the 2 3 zone was even able to be implemented was again, the Raptors couldn't hit any three point shots. Um, you know, it starts with CJ Miles, who had quite honestly his worst game ever that I've ever seen, but definitely ever as a Raptor. Um, Miles was inexplicably awful. He's tossing up some really bad shots, and of course, it's a thin line because, like Miles, I mean, you know, he takes a lot of crazy threes and he makes a lot of crazy threes. He's a good shooter, but um, today he was—I mean, save for the fact that he was fouled on one three, which was just a defensive mistake, really, by Abdul Nader, who's not even in the Celtics um, rotation normally. It's just injuries that forced him there. Um, Miles was awful, man. And he was turning the ball over. He was bricking all these shots. And, you know, that's one of the Raptors' big three-point guns. And then you look at Kyle Lowry. Lowry had some open looks, but realistically, the Celtics played him pretty tight. They knew that he wanted to take the transition three. They took that away from him a couple times. And, you know, if that meant Lowry can drop to the rim a couple times, he could do that. And Lowry did do that. But for the most part, you know, you took the threes away from Lowry. That's a big part of Lowry's game. That's like more than half of Lowry's game at this point. So uh, if he can't shoot threes and because... He's so small. You can put a smaller guy on him. You can neutralize the threes, and the Celtics are doing a great job of neutralizing the threes. You know, Lowry shot two of ten. Miles over five. So at that point, there's no real three point shooter out there. Um, and you know, does the Celtics really preyed on that? Uh, again, this is a, an issue for the Raptors um, that they have to address. They've shot a lot more three pointers, and they've generated better th- three pointers. But um, today, they just couldn't hit any, and. Like it, it just leads to the complete collapse of the of the offense as a whole. So that's definitely a weakness because the Raptors are not a good percentage team when it comes to shooting the three. Another weakness for the Raptors is physicality. Like they're kind of small, um, and you know if they want to play big, they expose themselves to very obvious flaws. And if they want to play small, they expose themselves to very obvious flaws. It's not easy for the Raptors to have an ideal balanced lineup offensively and defensively uh, with the right amount of size out there. And uh, the most balanced lineup tonight uh, in terms of that was, you know, the starters. The starters actually played quite well. I mean, they're plus-minus. All of them ended up as minuses. But um, in the first quarter and the third quarter, the starters played really well. It's just in the fourth quarter, they barely got to play together, which was strange. The starters did well. Um, But... um, you know that this lack of physicality really did hurt the Raptors because look, the Celtics are—we're going to be the more physical team. I think you could have anticipated that coming into the game. They're playing at home, they're shorthanded. They've been, you know, on the streak too. They've won now six in a row shorthanded, and um, you know, the Celtics were really physical. But the thing is, the Celtics are actually a smaller team than the Raptors, but they just kind of just were able to sort of exploit mismatches, and part of that was because Raptors are very liberal in terms of switching, they're able, you know, they switch a lot, and um, here's the thing, if you switch a lot, and they go into the post, and you overreact, and send a a second defender, you're going to have a lot of issues defensively, because then you have to just keep scrambling, and then maybe you get, get the offensive rebound, maybe you don't. The Celtics' first half offense was pretty much just set a ball screen or an off-the-ball screen to um, get a mismatch going where someone's going to the rim, someone's going to the perimeter, and you might need to switch that. If you do switch that, then they're going to work. They're going to work against JV. They're going to work against Lowry. They're going to work against Fred Van VanVleet. They're going to work against um, DeMar a little bit, not so much. Uh, And C.J. Miles. C.J. Miles defensively was so bad. I mean, offensively he was so bad, but we've had a lot of games where C.J. Miles is off, whatever. Defensively, he was really, really poor tonight. Um, Like, Marcus Morris just looked like LeBron against him. Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, the Celtics attacked all these mismatches. uh, They were able to use their you know, physicality um, to their advantage, and the Raptors just couldn't deal with that. I mean, like, they, the Celtics also sent extra bodies at the, the you know, going towards the uh, offensive rebound. They sent random bodies going to the rebound, so it was hard to anticipate who to block out on and whatever. And, you know, even though the Celtics only had eight offensive rebounds, it was a really tough Night for the Raptors in terms of having to commit so many bodies to get the defensive rebound, even if it was a you know one on two situation, um, you know two on three, two on four situation. The Raptors have numbers on the on the defensive glass. They needed to send all those numbers there, and that's how they couldn't get their transition game going. And so the The purpose of that by Stevens was really just to slow the pace down and, um, you know, make sure the Raptors can't you know play fast pace because that's where the Raptors get a lot of their open threes um, and you know Siakam or whatever going to the rim. None of that tonight. This, this, the Raptors had two fast break points. It, it was it was really hard to watch. Um, so that's a weakness of the the physicality thing because and they they really do sort of um you know overexpose themselves to that to that point of lacking physicality when they switch so much. Um, so that was an issue for the Raptors today. And then the third issue is that, you know, you can kind of scheme against a lot of these rotation players, and especially if you disconnect them um, when the Raptors can't play at a higher tempo where, you know, sort of just a random the randomness that comes about from um, fast paced basketball um, allows a lot of these players that are quick decision makers and the Raptors have a lot of good uh, quick, quick decision makers for them to exploit. Raptors did not have a lot of those opportunities today. And so, um, you know, the key there was probably Pascal Siakam. Like, slowing the game down does not help Pascal. He's not a very talented offensive player in terms of, you know, half-court game. and In a full court game, Siakam's very good, and even in semi-transition when he can use his handle and whatever, he's good. But um, the Celtics completely ignored Siakam today, and they kind of negated his defensive, um, you know, abilities. I mean, yeah, is a great defender, and, and you know, when The Celtics were out there. They really didn't try to go at Siakam unless they got Greg Greg Monroe switched on him in a post. Um, But what they did was that, you know, they just ignored Siakam as a whole. When the ball swung to Siakam, there was no reaction whatsoever. They were daring him to shoot threes, which is the right approach. He shoots, like, you know, 20%. And, yeah, I mean, Siakam wasn't able to shoot the three. He wasn't willing to shoot the three. And he just did not have a good impact in this game. And he kind of got schemed out of the lineup, just like, you know, um... Van Vliet got schemed a little bit because the Celtics just kept shooting over the top of him, and DeLon Wright got ignored on on offense, and um, it was just tough. It was tough to watch that, Uh, and so, like, yeah, there's a lot of these things you could scheme for, and then, you know, even to a lesser extent, Lowry, like I said earlier, if you take away the three-pointer from him, which isn't that hard, you just really have to stick to him all the time, um, like he's Patty Mills, but the thing is, is he going to break your defense down with a screen and drive to the basket? Not really, especially if you can pack the paint. I mean these weaknesses I'm talking about with the Raptors, they're sequential. The number one weakness is a three-point shot. The number two weakness is Phil Cassidy. Then the third weakness is, yeah, of course, some of the role players have limitations. It's not really that big of a weakness. It's just, um, you know, it becomes a weakness when the other things aren't aren't uh, happening. And, uh, and then the fourth thing, really, is just Dwayne Casey. I mean, uh, Dwayne Casey's decision- decision-making in the middle of the game, um, it was just really, really strange um and you know i mean, middle of the game really because he had some good decisions like um putting norm out there uh norm gave them some a couple good minutes that was a, a nice move by casey um but um the fourth quarter i thought was just was badly mismanaged by casey and um you know I, i've given casey tons of love uh, I've, I've, I've said he's a the coach of the year in my opinion this game does really make me think twice, though, because like man, the way Brad Stevens kind of <laughs> drew circles around Dwayne Casey's playboard was uh, was a whiteboard was was really really jarring because um, basically Stevens kind of willed his team to stay in the game by manufacturing these points. Um, you know, every time the Raptors made a run, four six points at most six points, Stevens would call timeout. He would make some uh, substitutions. He would adjust, uh, change his attack, and attack to someone else, right? And so th- what What the Celtics sort of morphed into today was just an entity where all of a sudden you couldn't really focus on one guy at all because there were so many players that were dangerous. Terry Rozier was dangerous. He was moving all the time on and off the ball, um, going for offensive rebounds, shooting threes, um, pushing the pace. He was great. Baines was randomly shooting a lot of jumpers, which um, if I were a coach going against um, Dwayne Casey's team. I would try to get my center to shoot as many jumpers as possible early on just to make him think twice about JV. And, of course, it worked because JV barely played. Um, Tatum was great all game. I mean, a lot of Tatum's moves were just, like, incredible, good defense, and he just hit the shot. I mean, that's just a sign of a star talent. Horford, uh, off occasional switches and stuff, he was effective. And then Marcus Morris off the bench just, you know, destroying C.J. Miles was, was hard to watch. Um, but the Celtics really had a lot of different options to go with all of a sudden. And, you know, you got to really credit uh, Stevens for sort of you know, masking his offense such that you can never quite fully lock in on one guy to guard. Um, and then also, you got to credit, you know, Stevens for the fact that defensively, like, he put out this 2 3 zone. The Raptors knew they were going to play some zone, um, and the Raptors should have been better prepared for it. But, I mean, in this case, Dwayne Casey didn't really have any uh, answers for it. And,. I thought, personally, the best option against their zone is probably the starters. The starters play pretty well. Like, you can... JV going to the rim is an actual impediment. Ibaka shooting the ball is an actual threat that you can, you know, go to. Especially today, Ibaka with fresh legs look pretty nice. OG and Obi can make a play, you know, And then, so, you know, with the starters, that's probably the best option to beat the zone. But I think Dwayne was really overthinking it, man. I mean, like, he... First off, he played the bench way too long. Like, he played them, like, six... Six minutes in the fourth quarter, which, like, the bench wasn't generating anything, like, anything at all, and meanwhile, CJ Miles was honestly so bad in that Marcus Morris matchup that Marcus Morris was just destroying the Raptors by himself, uh, and then, you know, when Casey did decide to, all right, let's change it up, he started creating some very strange pairings, like, Jakob and JV together, and then it was Ibaka and JV together, and then it was Ibaka and Pascal Siakam together, and all of a sudden, CJ Miles is back in the game, which, like, bro, you cannot bring CJ Miles back into this game, this is the worst game I've ever seen CJ Miles play, you cannot bring him back into this game, You I would rather have Fred out there, but, regardless, I think Dwayne Casey was just, he was just panicking, he was shuffling through a lot of players, and none of it worked, I think, what this speaks to, and again, this is, this comes from watching a lot of Dwayne Casey over the years. And again, I've, I've said so many nice things about him. I feel like I should have the latitude to say something about you know this game when you know I thought he really he did not um, live up to the opposition today. Dwayne Casey kind of approaches adjustments with putting players out there and trusting them to do what their normal thing is that they, they they do instead of giving players sort of um, set plays and maybe changing up specific players to uh, suit those plays. Um, I think, it, yeah, defensively, Dwayne is very good at making adjustments. Offensively, he just kind of throws players out there and tries to, like, hope that the synergy of the five kind of work, which just doesn't quite happen. I mean, like... It, he kind of needs to drop a play a couple times. Like, if you're going up against a 2-3 zone, you need to have specific plays. First of all, you should have had some plays set. You had practice and stuff like that. You had two days of practice. Um, but, like, if you're going into the 2-3 zone, you have to call timeout when you see your team is struggling and move some pieces around. This looked like a college game today. And, again, I know that it hurts that the outside shooters can hit 8 of 35 will, you know, invite anybody to play zone against you when you are shooting bricks like that. Um, but, man, uh, I, I thought the lack of adjustment by Casey was just was, was not good, was not good in the fourth quarter. And so this game was one possession game throughout the game. Uh, There's like something like 17 ties or something like that. And then in the fourth quarter, uh, the Celtics pulled away. The Raptors completely capitulated on offense. The Raptors had no adjustments. And I don't put that on Kyle. I don't put it on DeMar. I think I put that on Casey this time because the lineup he chose to to go with was was weird. He left Siakam out there a long time, even though it was clear that Siakam was playing right into the hands of the zone because he can't shoot. Um, and and yeah, I mean, it was just, uh, it was hard to watch this game. It really was, especially since at the end, there was a couple, there was like a random scuffle between miles and Morris and Morris ended up getting ejected. And, uh, it was pretty funny really to watch him come off the floor and sort of, you know, taunt uh, the crowd because like, yo, this man played amazing. Gerald Henderson award to Marcus Morris for sure. 25 points, nine rebounds, three assists, two blocks, seven of 15 shooting, 10 of 11 from the free throw line, plus 21, plus 21. In a 11-point game. Very impressive. Uh, and then in terms, of a, in terms of the Raptors, three stars. I mean, DeMar was great. DeMar gets her first star. Ibaka was pretty good, too. I thought um, he was energetic uh, offensively, defensively. Everything was good. I mean, save for the fact that he drove twice into charges against Aaron Baines. Ibaka was great in this game. So, 15 points, 10 rebounds, an assist, 5 of 7 shooting, 3 of 3 from deep, 2 free throws, 10 uh, sorry, 10 rebounds a block, an assist. Solid stuff from Ibaka. I really liked his effort. And then third star, I'll give it to OG. OG had some nice moments, uh, promising moments, really. Um, one moment in particular where he rose up for a dunk uh, and really, really showed off his hops, which we only very see we see very small glimpses of. Um, but OG really rose up there and tried to murder Baines on a dunk attempt. He got fouled, and he ended up splitting the free throws. But um, OG was you know he he hit a 3 he was confident with his drives he ma- made little baseline cuts to 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 sneak back door and uh finish plays and you know he had a nice drive and dump to JV and those are the three things like when OG's finishing around the rim he's hitting a 3 uh and he's doing the drive and dump to the center those are the three things that J- that OG does on offense right now and you know we haven't really seen a game where OG does all three of those things um in a very long time, pretty much since February, so um, it was very encouraging to see OG put, that, put, put forth that effort today, I mean, ultimately, it's just an eight-point night with one rebound and assist on three or four shooting with the three, but, um, you know, uh, that was that was a good effort by by OG, but, um, yeah, look, the Raptors, I'm not saying, like, again, I, I, let's just, as I said at the start of the podcast, I'm not saying the Raptors, the sky is falling or anything, it's just not ideal to see this stuff play out um, on the eve of the playoffs, Um, especially since a lot of these weaknesses we've seen from the Raptors before. Um, That part really does concern me a little bit. I mean, you can't, the Raptors are not a perfect team. This is not the healthy Warriors, nothing like that. But um, it can't be this easily exploitable to sort of solve a couple of these things. And again, yes, if the Raptors hit a couple more threes, this game is different. Sure. But I mean, like, realistically, they just got flat out beat. And um, they got outsolved by a shorthanded Celtics scheme. So you really got to tip your hat to Brad Stevens. I think Brad Stevens probably runs away with Coach of the Year, actually. Um, even though Dwayne Casey got a lot of love, and deservedly so, and I still think he is the Coach of the Year. Um, I think people are going to point to these games uh, that the Raptors play against the Celtics, and depending on how they go... You know, you could easily, easily have it swayed towards Stevens, just like how, um, you know, Westbrook kind of ran away with the title last minute uh, with the MVP against Harden uh, last year, um, you know, and and it's not even undeserved. Like, yo, Brad Stevens is a good coach, a really good coach, whatever. It hurts me to say all this That It really does. But, you know, his team is two games back of the Raptors, and currently they hold the tiebreaker and there's one more game coming up. So the Raptors, man. They gotta shape up, but also like sh- looks rough. Don't if you're if you're on Rap- if you're a Raptors fan, don't open Twitter for like two days at least two days two whole days. All right, because you're only gonna see Raptors fans freaking out, and you're only gonna see slander against the Raptors. So if you if you want to avoid that, don't open on Twitter. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's the game. So thank you to everyone for listening. As always, check out Ten Things. Check out um, you know I, I don't know if there's a weekly column coming today. But, um, you know, there will be a column coming up soon. I'm sure I'll take more of an in-depth look at the Celtics game. But um, thank you to everyone for listening. Thanks, everyone, for supporting the Patreon. Uh, If I came off too negative in this podcast, look, I'm not saying the Raptors are frauds or anything like that. I'm just saying these are weaknesses that the Raptors should plan for going forward. And, you know, I think they have and I think they're aware of it. Some of it's avoidable. Some of it's not. But, you know, we we don't you don't want to see this type of performance ahead of the playoffs. And so hopefully the Raptors can fix some of these things again. They got three more days of rest coming up. So, you know, they got plenty of time to practice. But uh, yeah, it's concerning. It really is. So um, I'll be back next week to recap the next game.
1: Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound. So you hear studio sound on the road. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving.